Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Melissa Houston. Melissa is a certified CPA, certified life coach, and female entrepreneur. She helps her clients understand ways to balance the tightrope of bringing in revenue and the best ways of spending money to make money. Melissa, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here today. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. So let's jump right in. So, you know, as we were talking offline a little bit about the accounting industry and any regular listeners know I've, I've interviewed several CPAs and um, have a lot of strong opinions about it, which funny story <laughs> is you do too. So <laughs> what made you get involved in accounting? You know, it's funny because like my first accounting is my second career choice. My first one, I started off as a social worker and then I realized quickly that it was going to be high burnout. So I went back to the drawing board. I'm like, business seems to be the place to be. I liked business, but when it came time to choose a major, accounting just happened to be the one I chose. I had no real background or understanding. It just sounded like I was going to get a decent job if I majored in accounting. Well, you know, I was a finance major and I'll tell you right now, the most important thing I learned in finance was basic accounting principles. Um, mm-hmm. So it matters. Now, you say on your website that you're not a typical CPA with drab suits and stuffy offices. <laughs> so definitely uh, not. <laughs> talk, talk about that a little bit. How are you different? Well, I always felt when I was working as a CPA in the corporate world and in government that I was just not the typical CPA. I definitely have a personality. I definitely put relationships with people over, you know, the knowledge of account. Like I understand people and I understand that when we're talking to people who are not CPAs, that we can't expect them to have the same language level. They did not go to school to study to be a CPA. So we have to meet clients where they're at. And so often I worked with accountants who were just not willing to do that. And I always knew that when I went out into business for myself, I was going to combine my social work skills, which is really building relationships with people with my number skills, which is helping people with, you know, something that so many people desperately need help with. And that's financial planning. So talk a little about kind of what you do as an accountant, because you don't really specialize on the tax side. Talk about kind of what your niche is in the accounting world. Absolutely. So I work with Canadian and US-based businesses, and I am a fractional CFO where I go into the business and I do like the white glove done for you service, where I am overseeing what's going on in the, the accounting group, making sure all the reporting is done correctly. But my focus is on strategic planning and growth for the business, right? So businesses come to me when they're either looking for capital raises or they're trying to, or they're thinking of going to sell their business and they want to get 
get the best value for their buck and just basically wanting to grow their business. So any business owner who has some sort of vision for the business and they want to work towards that, they would want to work with someone like me, a fractional CFO, where I take them through the process. CFOs have the ability to be visionaries, right? So we can take the CEO vision and we can translate it into numbers and what that means um, and how you're going to get yourself there. So for example, if you're you know, currently earning a couple hundred thousand dollars in your business and revenue, but you want to get to seven figures, you're going to need a plan. So, you know, when you work with a CFO, you're able to map out that plan and ensure that you get there. It's not just about making goals for yourself. It's about making those goals happen. Right. That makes perfect sense. And so you work with a lot of people who are, you know, a lot of medical professionals who are trying to sell their practice. And Mm -hmm. so is that, that's right? Yes. Yes. And so you're kind of getting their books up to snuff and helping them in the areas where they need that to really make their practice incredibly efficient from a financial perspective. Yeah. I mean, not only is it to get them efficient, but if if you're thinking of selling, you also need to have your books up to snuff for sale, right? Finance is the most important part of a business, yet so many business owners don't recognize that and they don't take the actions to ensure that they've engaged with a finance professional to ensure that they're increasing their profit margins without having to increase their sales. Like, you know, just having those profit margins really tight is going to increase the profit that they get to take home at the end of the day. Right. So ensuring that they're using like these strategies, these money saving tips, these revenue, you know, generating tips, understanding what's going on in their business. There's so much information in those numbers. And when business owners aren't paying attention to that, they're essentially leaving money on the table. Absolutely. So you do several things. So I want to kind of go down like a couple different roads here, kind of back to back to back. So on your website, you talk a lot about your debt experience, if, I, if I'll call it that. And so mm-hmm. where you kind of went into a lot of debt, where your husband didn't know about it, but it was like $100,000. I know it's a fairly long story, but just give us the, the kind of the shorter version of what happened and what you learned from that and how you see what you learned with that, how you can apply it to clients. Yeah. Money is definitely one of the most emotionally charged topic there is out there, right? And through my experience of going through that debt process, at the end of it, when I was coming out and I was realizing, okay, I'm a finance professional. I allowed myself to get into this amount of debt, even though I knew better. Why did I do this? That was the big question for me. That was what I was going to take away from this experience, right? And what I learned is that all the decisions I made was completely emotional. So I can tie in how people get emotional about money and they get emotional about their numbers. Because for me, there was something lacking in my life. And ironically, what was lacking was that I wasn't being true to who I was. I had a good job. I was happy in my career, but I wasn't happy enough. And I was holding myself back from starting my own business, even though I'd known for over a decade that that was absolutely something I wanted to do. So, you know, we get into trouble when we start ignoring who we are and trying to pretend we are somebody that we're not. So tying the emotion of money and just the emotional aspect of it with what I do as a professional was really important to me. And I've had a lot of people come to me, especially finance people who are like, I'm so grateful that you shared this story because I too had an experience like that. And I thought I was the only one and I felt really stupid and stuff. Right. So the reason why I share this story is so that people know that they're not alone. And this is a completely 
I wouldn't say normal, but I mean, this is something that happens, you know, whether it's on a $20,000 debt scale or, you know, as high as I went or even higher, but there's always emotion attached to that. And you really need to understand what's going on with yourself if you're allowing yourself to get into that type of debt. Yeah, it's interesting. The money is an amoral object. It's not evil or good, but it is a really good, does a really good job of revealing people's character or flaws or issues. And so like, for example, lots of times people say rich people are evil. Well, mm-hmm. or they're greedy. I've met plenty of poor people who are greedy. Now yep. there's plenty of rich people who are greedy, but there's plenty of rich people who are the most generous people you ever meet. Exactly. And so it just exposes what's in your heart. And we're flawed people, we're flawed beings. So we all have junk uh, and we got to deal with it. And I, you know, you had experiences or I've had experiences. So it's a big deal. Now, do you ever see this kind of manifest in some of your clients the way it kind of manifested with you? Absolutely. But like every client has their own story, right? right? And that's what I love about working with my clients is I learn where they're coming from. And I have seen so many things like, you know, being raised, especially women, being told that they're not good with money, they're never going to be good at business, et cetera. And then I've seen other professionals who are like, I'm always going to be in debt. I don't know what I'm doing. Or other professionals who are like, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I should never be in this position. I should have known better. And the thing is, first of all, the common thread, everybody's embarrassed and ashamed. The second thread is that we're not taught this stuff, right? So typically when I work with professionals who are like dentists, doctors, lawyers, what have you, is that you're such smart people and you went through your your medical training and such, but likely nobody ever taught you how to run your own practice, right? So there's no training about getting in there and, you know, not getting into the weeds, but understanding the, the high level view of what's going on in your business from a financial aspect. And that is like the backbone of your business, right? So cash flow and, you know, how you manage your money and stuff is going to basically predict how successful your business is going to be, but nobody taught you that. So it's like, how, how fair is it to judge yourself on something that you don't know? Well, it's, it's fascinating because like in the U S in school, middle school, high school, there is no personal finance classes. And I was a finance major in college and there's no personal finance taught. There's no personal finance taught in medical school or dental school or law school at all. So unless mm-hmm. you have an interest in it, you're typically kind of set up to fail in some respects, unless someone yep. has taught you early on. It's a big challenge. It's a huge challenge. And that's, you know, the same thing I see from client to client to client. It's overwhelming. It's like, how do I even take this on? Yeah. So, and of course you walk beside the people and they may not realize they're having these challenges. You see it. And so you have to have a conversation with them or kind of steer them or coach them in how it works. But but you can see it and then you can kind of walk alongside them and kind of guide them and address it as well as you can, as it, depending on how open they are to it. Correct? Absolutely. And typically when I work with clients, you know, that's one of the things that we talk about initially is, you know, their mindset around money and they have to have an understanding that if they're going to work with me, they're going to have to look at that as well. Right. So if somebody is not interested in being introspective and understanding the relationship with money, I am likely not the person that they want to engage with. Right. 
let's kind of change gears a little bit here. So you have you have a blog community called the Business Society, as well mm-hmm. as a podcast by the same name. Talk about those projects and what those do and how you help people with those. Yeah. So the other half of my business is where I love to write. So I love creating blog posts. I write for uh, large publications like Forbes and CEO World and Entrepreneur. And um, I'm also writing a book. And I really like to educate people on how to manage their business finances. Now, there's nothing in business that does not affect your bottom line, whether it's directly or indirectly. So for the Business Society, we talk about pretty much everything that has it's going to affect your business, right? From legal, uh, protecting your, your business legally, contracts to, you know, managing your money to having interviews with, you know, pretty prominent people in the business world and regular people like me. And the common thread that we all have with, you know, regardless of your status as an entrepreneur is being an entrepreneur is hard, right? And knowing that you're not alone in this and that regardless of what platform you have, that you're still going to face challenges and you just got to keep going and persevere. Yeah, that's that's really helpful right there. Now, in regards to how you help clients, you have a number of tiered services from you know the solo entrepreneur to the larger company. Talk about what you do with, with those different offerings. Yeah. So for solo entrepreneurs who really want to just learn the basics, they can either work with me one-on-one or sign up for my course where I teach them how to look at the high-level finances in their business, show them what's important, what they need to be monitoring and why and how to you know supervise their, their accounting department, whether it's large or small. Solo entrepreneurs is typically small. They may have a bookkeeper. And then for larger businesses who are like, they don't have time to do it themselves. They need somebody trusted. It's the CFO um, method that we do where I go in and I do it for them. And then every month at a minimum of every month, when I'm doing the fractional CFO work with them, they have to meet with me and they will get a coaching session along with the financial reporting, because it's really important for the CEO of the business to understand what's going on financially, because as the CEO, you are the person who's making the final decisions. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand how that affects your profit line, then that's a red flag. Yeah, you're so right. Talk a little bit about your five-step roadmap to business financial freedom. Yeah. So when people work with me one-on-one, it's very much uh, going through the program. And the first step is dealing with your mindset. Get those cobwebs cleared out, deal with what's going on with your relationship with money. Second step is understanding those financial reports, right? The income statements, the most important and most commonly used statement in your business, but you also need to understand the balance sheet and the statement of cash flow. And then the third step, and this is like my like real passion is that every business, you need to create that financial plan, that 12-month operating forecast that, you know, I always say a goal without a plan is just a wish. So if you have a goal, put it down, get actionable on it. And then the fourth step is measuring your progress against that plan. And then the fifth step, and probably one of the most important as well, is cash flow management. Yeah. I like to say cash flow is king. Uh, yep. it's, it's such a big deal. Now, what's the advice that you most commonly give your medical dental clients? Oh, that's a very broad brush. The, The most common advice I give is just not being fearful of the numbers, really understanding that your numbers are, are telling you a story and the numbers are not going to lie to you, right? So, do, you, do you see people go with the ostrich mindset where they just stick their head in the sand and they yes. just like to ignore it? 
If yep. it's not there, it'll go away. Everything will be fine. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And really, tr- I really try to pull out that comfort level, like getting comfortable with looking at your numbers. And a lot of it at the beginning is like, I'm here to hold your hand. I'm here to support you through it. And then what happens is that once they start going through the program and they realize, oh my God, this is not as bad as I thought it would be. Like, I'm actually feeling good. Like there's that transformation of going from overwhelm and shame to financially confident and feeling like they've crushed that CEO imposter syndrome. Because one of the things I commonly say too, is like, if you've got CEO imposter syndrome and you feel like a little bit of a fraud or whatever, get to know your numbers, because once you know your numbers, you know your business inside it. Yeah, that's key. Uh, I think everybody struggles with imposter syndrome to Mm -hmm. a degree, but it's just, you know, sometimes you just got to, I mean, some people probably love or hate this statement, but you also got to fake it till you make it. Till you yep. realize, it. but it's just like it's not that hard. You just got to put forth the time and effort. And yeah, you spend more time fearing it than you would when you actually tackle it and start to get to know right. it better. Now, do you see the biggest mistake most of your clients make is the ostrich syndrome, as I called it a second ago? Yes, absolutely. And the thing is, like they're sweeping it under the rug, but they're realizing is that pile is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, right? So the more you avoid what's going on in your business, if you've got money leaks in your business, you're losing money. You're leaving so much money on the table without looking out. It's like, you know, looking under the hood of a car, right? Like you really just need to to know and understand what's going on. I mean, you may have your mechanic who tells you, okay, this is what's happening. And that's essentially what a CFO would do if you brought one on, but you still need to have a general understanding. I see in the personal world, expenses rise to meet income. And so do you find that people will just, when they don't pay attention to their books, they just, they're much more willing to spend money and not really analyze whether it makes sense? Absolutely. I mean, I'm victim of it as well, right? That we all lifestyle creep. And yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm always like, especially since I went through that that year of debt where I'm constantly checking in with my books, especially in my business, because it's very easy to overspend in business. But I'm also checking in on personal finances each and every month to ensure that I'm still on track. Yeah. It's it's such a big deal. Now, what about this? Do you see a lot of people? they work in their business as opposed to on their business. Do you, do they get, do you see people getting trapped, getting stuck in the, uh, in that side of it where they're, they're not delegating, they're not letting go. And because only they can do it the best. And while there's some truth to that many times, their highest to best use is working on it versus in it. Do you see that a lot? Absolutely. And I think it's totally normal, right? Like we like to focus on what we do best. And we don't want to give that control away, but at times it's shooting yourself in the foot. So, um, you know, understanding that you can afford to bring on somebody to help you and you don't have to trust them with everything. um, It it avoids the burnout. Yeah. It's such a big deal. So what would you say the biggest mistake you see people make business owners make when they're trying to sell their business, they're trying to prepare to sell it. What's the biggest mistake that you see they make? They never had their finances in order. That is now, like, is that because they delegated to someone because they didn't want to get their their hands dirty, and that person really wasn't qualified to do it, and they did the best they could, but it wasn't really what was that needed. Quite often, yes, yes. So they're just getting by. They're they're getting their tax returns completed, but when it comes to their business, they have absolutely no understanding of what's going on, and it reflect it's reflected in their books. When I get handed these books, I'm like, wow, this is not looking good. Wow. So having a clean set of books is super important if you want to sell your business. 
So it's one of the first things that buyers look at is your books. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say to a new dental school graduate who says they're going to start their own practice? Call me. (laughs) Call me and let's get this done right. No, because like just at the beginning, right at the beginning, get that, that, take the time and it doesn't take that long, but take the time, invest that time into learning um, how to set up your business and how to monitor what's going on in your business. And that's going to pay off the return on that investment of just learning how to do that is going to pay off year after year after year. So that is going to snowball. That's going to be a huge return. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. Do you see people a lot go down the road of, oh, I'm going to buy a piece of equipment to get the tax deduction, not really analyzing if there's, yes. an, ROI, uh, there's December, an ROI on it? Yeah, December comes around and it's like, oh, I've got all this money. I got to spend it. It's like, and, I, I'll spend the dollar to save 37 cents, even if it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, well, so let me let me kind of wrap this up with a couple of questions here. So like, What's the number one piece of advice you would give someone who is a relatively new business owner or an aspiring business owner? Your business is likely going to be your biggest financial asset if you do it properly. So yes. invest the time it takes to understand, and it's not lengthy or you know get coached on it. Understand your business finances and understand how when you increase the value of your business, you're increasing your personal net worth. Absolutely. It is the biggest asset. It's one of the biggest ways to grow wealth is owning a business. Now I'm a big book reader. I read a lot. I also collect a lot of books, a lot of books I buy with the intention of reading. And then I never get to them because (laughs) life happens. But uh, so what's the best book you read or what's the best or the book you recommend most? Oh, the book I recommend most. That's a tricky question because I, you know, there's so many finance books out there, but the one that really doesn't have to be finance doesn't have to be finance. Yeah, it tends to be the only thing I read. (laughs) Me me, me too, me too, me too. One I really enjoy recommending because it just was the basis for me to like fall in love with managing my personal finances. I read it when I was like 19 or something and I still have copies of it. I give copies to my kids and get them to read it is The Wealthy Barber by David Chilton. It is a Canadian-based author, but the the principles in there are timeless and it's such a he writes about personal finance in such a way that if I could understand it at the age of 19 and get really mm-hmm. interested and enthused about it, then I believe he speaks to everybody about this. Yeah, I've actually never heard that book. And so I'm, oh, I'm, it's a really I'm, good book. I was trying to look it up real quick right there, but okay, I, I, could, I couldn't, so I'll have to look it up later. All right, so how do people get in touch with you? What's the best way to reach out? Reach out. You can go to my website at melissahoustoncpa.com. You can, you know, there's a contact form there. I also have the fractionalcfoagency.com. Both websites you can easily reach out to me on. And LinkedIn, it's at melissahoustoncpa. And same with Instagram. Fantastic. Well, uh, Melissa, this has been a fantastic interview. It's been very interesting, very informative. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a fun talk. Yes. All right, guys, you've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brandon and tune in and we'll see you next week. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brandon, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com.
Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS. Member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. Arkansas Insurance License Number 16139032. 2021-1195-35. Expires 423. That last part can also say 2021 119535 expiration April 2023. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Melissa Houston is not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are her own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. This podcast contains the opinions of the speakers, but not necessarily those of PAS or Guardian. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor at Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida 32311-850-562-9075. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRASIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License Number 16139032. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. 2022 Expiration 124. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.